podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Wolf Pod. Buenos dias. Good to have you all along with us. I'm joined by my co-host Ian. How are you getting on, Ian? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I'm sweating my bollocks off in Mexico. I'm happy that the, the, the sports bar that I'm recording in today has put on the air conditioning because I had to, had to do the Hatter and Lower segment this morning and I was dripping. It was horrendous absolutely horrendous um but otherwise having a great time and with us as always is producer matt how are you getting on matt hi dios mio that sounds like it's very hot indeed mate uh yeah i'm doing really well thanks um looking forward to the coming weekend i've got my ticket booked for chelsea looking forward to going down seeing if we're able to uh beat them after watching the west ham game the other day so yeah doing well mate Oh yeah, well we're going to be attacking the the Chelsea game in a bit more detail than we did last week um, in this pod today. But let's jump straight in and have a look back at all the news around Kenilworth Road this past week in our segment. I heard it through Rowan's Grapevine. So it's it's not often that I start with another team's result. But Brighton beat Wolves comprehensively four-one. So I guess uh, because we haven't got, we didn't have a game to talk about last week. It's not looking so bad now, are we, Alan Shearer? But back to Luton news. Uh, Tim Krul joined Luton Town last Thursday, and we, we discussed it a little bit. He's a very experienced keeper, and he also speaks Dutch Flemish, which is great in terms of bonding with Thomas Kaminski. And he, he mentioned in his intro his interview that the the town released on youtube that uh you know he's been chatting to thomas kaminsky ian you you mentioned the goalkeepers union a lot how important is that well ordinarily it's it's for any team it's really important isn't it but i think even more so for for us because it's been so weak over the last few years we really need to to establish a big footing in our team because, you know, it's just been so shaky over the last few years. Um, and I think we've got two keepers now that offer us something different. Obviously, we've got experience from the Premier League that potentially might be sat on the bench. We don't know yet. They might both be going for number one. Um, and then we've got a slightly younger uh, Belgium stopper that that will be wanting to compete for that number one spot for his national team. Now, with Catois... Um, injured for a, a period of time, um, so both will be extremely hungry to to get the number one spot. But we just need a bit of solidity now in that space in our team because um, we've been all over the shop. As good as our recruitment's been in the last five six years, at the in the goalkeeper's spot, it's been a bit shaky, hasn't it? So uh, it'll be really yeah. good to have two solid options there. I find myself agreeing with you. I, I feel this is the strongest we've been at the back, um, even sort of normalising it to the levels that we've been at. Um, thinking back to League Two when we had uh, James Shea in and Marek Steck, um, this is definitely stronger when you sort of take a look at the level that we're playing at than that because uh, Thomas Quincy, high upside. Um, it, it's good that you mentioned about Courtois' injury because um, I feel with Premier League football for Thomas Kaminsky, he really could find himself as Belgium's number one now. And that would be absolutely massive. So he, he's got so much to prove right now. And yeah. I'm happy with Tim Krul too. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's, Kaminsky's gone from the, the latter part of last season where he was um, on the bench for for. Um, for Blackburn because he had his own injury uh, to potentially having the well having the opportunity to become the number one shot stopper for Belgium, which is you know one of the the best um, 
country clubs in the world. So um, he's got a big opportunity there. He's just got to grasp it with both hands. Excuse the pun, uh, but he's got the opportunity <laughs> there um, to 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 go and do it. Um, and he looks like the character that can potentially go and do that. So, well, as you've just said, Luton are massive, and um, one of the more interesting stories this week is. Um, the fact that we're linked to Jaffet Tanganga from Spurs. Um, it's been floating around for a, a few weeks now, um, but allegedly we are waiting to see how the deal taking Benjamin Pavard from Bayern to Inter Milan pay, plays out. And that will directly affect our acquisition of Tanganga. Now, Ian, did you ever think that a transfer deal between Bayern Munich and Inter Milan would affect Luton Town? It seems a bit odd, doesn't it? But it's, I suppose it's something you've got to get used to. It's it, it's um, it's in the food chain, if you like. But um, we're, we, we've gone up the food chain now. We've kind of got to get used to that. But it does seem an odd one. And it seems an odd, a hard decision for him to make if the, it comes around that um, do you go to Kenilworth Road or San Siro? Um, well, it's obvious. Obviously, kind of worth kind of throw. That's what I mean. It's hard though yeah. because San Siro is such an iconic stadium. Um, <laughs> it looks to, nice, to but it, it looks nice. But we we just got a new stand. Well, that's true. That is true. That is true. Um, but I don't know. You, you you don't just look at the two clubs, do you? So you you look at potentially what it means for his career, Syria or the Premier League. Um, I know whichever league you're going into, players do take that into consideration because he might only be at Inter Milan for one or two years if that's his decision. And his career might not be fruitful from that. Whereas if he's in Luton, still in the Premier League, shows that he can actually do it and not have any injuries, then, you know, it's kind of a a longer-term plan for him. Um, It depends how hungry he is and whether he wants instant gratification from going to a certain club or he wants a little bit of a challenge and potentially looking at his career you know further on down the line I don't know it's a difficult one yeah you'd also think that playing in the Premier League would sort of keep him in mind like maybe on the periphery for Gareth Southgate's England squads because some some players will go to Italy and they, they still don't get into the um they still don't get into the national team. Look at Chris Smalling, who's been doing good stuff with Roma under Jose Mourinho. And then, oh God, I can't even remember the other bloke's name because he's he's been so far out of sight, out of mind. Like he's not even on Gareth Southgate's radar. I don't, I'm not sure who you were speaking about, but there's been a few players that have gone over there from Premier League clubs and not done so well and been passed around a little bit. Ampadu was was one of them and he got passed around a couple of the bottom end Serie A clubs um, and is now back, got got fairly good move to Leeds, you'd say. Um, obviously a big club, um, but he's back in the championship. So, you know, the, there was players that go out there and don't do so well. Um, well I've difficult. looked up the name now. It's yeah. Fikayo Tamori. Oh, tomorrow, yeah. Okay, yeah. Wasn't he at Chelsea? Yeah, he was at Chelsea. He was doing decently. He moved to Milan on a, on a loan and then on a permanent fee for some significant money. And every time a squad is announced, everyone's like, where's Tomori? Because he's he's been doing very well in Italy. But the point is, perhaps Tanganga realises that a big part of potentially forcing his way into the England setup or having a chance of it is to stay in England, play in the Premier League rather than going off to Italy or or, or what um, Jordan Henderson did, go to Saudi Arabia. Well, this is my point exactly. You know, it's not as easy a decision as it probably looks on paper. Um, there's a lot of other factors there that might sway him to move to Luton instead. Um, it might be that it's it has to be alone and therefore he doesn't go to Inter. But it looks like Pavard's going anyway. So I think the the question is, does he come to Luton? Doesn't necessarily guarantee that he does come to Luton just because Pavard has uh, has uh, or is going to sign for Inter. So we just have to see how that one comes to fruition. But actually, on the player himself, it'll be a good signing for us. I think. I think he th- he fits our type um, and he can play a couple of positions as well. So. I think if we can if we can sort that one it'd be a good 
be a good addition to the squad. One hundred percent. Matt, would you take Jaffet Tanganga if offered? I would, of course. I think he would uh, add quite a bit of quality into the team. It'd be nice to uh, get a bit of skill in that area. So, yeah, I would take it. Well, another one that's been linked to us. Um, there was a bit of a mix-up this week. Axel Twanzebe is training with Luton Town. It was mentioned that Luton Town had won the battle for Twanzebe, but then the journalist had to clarify his tweets that sent Luton Town fans into frenzy and just states that Twan Zabi is just training with us. But does that leave the door open ajar, Ian? Um, I, I, I think it does, actually. Um, Dan, uh, the lad from the Mirror, actually messaged me after to, to clarify what had happened and, and said that there, it was a lack of communication from the person that, that, that gave him the information, basically. Um, but the fact that he's training with us, um, obviously the, the Man United ties to Chong there as well, um, will 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 probably help. Um, I think again, it would be another good addition. There's obviously question marks over his fitness and whether he can stay fit. Um, but he wouldn't be the first player we've signed in the last year and a half that has an injury record, like Dowity or Morris um, or Luke and- Freeman. Well, yeah, Freeman's kind of stayed on the same train. I know Dowerty had a couple of uh, patches off, but I think that was more than his more to do with his full fitness that was bringing up these situations um, rather than actual, you know, full length injuries. But um, you know, you, you don't automatically write a player off just because of that. You need to look at it in isolation. Um, we've got a good group in the sports science department, so. Um, and he's been uh, he's been training at St George's Park for the last three weeks on some form of regime, and he's come out of that quite well. Um, and I think that's probably why they've brought him in. I thought they might have thrown him into under twenty ones today, but it didn't seem to appear that way. Um, we had a couple of trialists, but they were in different positions, I think. So, um, but again, it would be another good addition, I think, if if we can we can add him and he can stay fit. Well, it seems that. Per- Perhaps we are going a completely different way from where we were last year, where everyone was clamouring for defensive reinforcements in the January window because we, we were just riddled with injuries. And Gary Sweet came out and David Wilkinson came out and even Rob Edwards came out. And you know, Rob Edwards said, oh, we're happy with what we have. We'll, we'll work with it. And then Gary Sweet said, we will not break the bank to get to the Premier League or secure playoffs. We know what we're doing best. But this season, it seems the other way round in the sense that we're clamouring to get in defensive reinforcements, regardless of how close Burke and Osho are to, to returning and, and Dan Potts. Can't forget about Dan Potts. Yeah, well, I think that we've improved significantly in most areas of the pitch, apart from our defensive back line. Um, we've we've added to it. Uh, certainly at centre back, I think we need to to have some more reinforcements. That's the only kind of area we're missing at the moment. I think the scope to bring one, maybe two in 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 those positions, um, and I think that would kind of have elevated our transfer window from what we said last week, which is about an eight to, to a nine or a ten. It's a really big opportunity because you can see from the Brighton game that. Those those were the areas of the pitch we were really light, and actually in some of the areas in 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 parts of the match, we actually looked really really good. Um, and against some of the opposition I've watched over the last weekend, uh, I fancy us to do quite well. Um, and I think that extra, whatever it is, five ten million pounds, maybe not quite ten, maybe five or eight million pounds on on two extra players to bring in will make all the difference and could make all the difference to us staying up. So I think, whilst you're saying, yeah, it's kind of the opposite way around, I think they can identify that, that there's an opportunity there to to fill those those two gaps that we've got um, and we've got a really solid chance there. Well, for us, it, it's betting big to have a chance to stay in the Premier League for just even one more season because the windfall just for um, spending 
back-to-back years in the Premier League guarantees a third year of parachute payments, which could do a world of good down the line. Absolutely. But also, we don't even have to spend that much money. If let's, for instance, say that Twanzebe, um and the other, I forgot his name now, he went off the top of my head, um, were Tanganga. to come in. Tanganga, sorry, yeah. Um, there's no fee paid out for either of those. Um, so again, it would be smart business. Obviously, you pay out a loan fee and the wages and what, what whatnot, but not actual transfer fees. Um, so if we could do something smart in the market for somebody, even if it's not either of those two, um, again, it still puts us in a in a really good position. Are we at seventeen or nineteen million at the moment? Something like that. Is that roughly where we are? I think eighteen million. And yeah, last right. calculation. In between. It's hard to it's hard to nail down a figure because everything's undisclosed. Yeah, I think if we're guesstimating that that's roughly where we're at. And I think we said at the beginning of the window and I think Sweet alluded to in certain interviews that twenty, twenty five million would kind of be the mark. Um and we're we're kind of in and around that. But if if we can get those two in without spending lump sums, then uh, it it does put us in a very good position. Uh, it does indeed on and off the pitch. So, yeah, well, I I I keep my my big optimism, uh, especially when it comes to the stadium, because the stadium is coming along nicely, and the fan base is kind of divided as to whether it'll be ready for um, for Gillingham. Um, it's it's looking good. Um, it appears from um, tra- from ticket news. It appears from ticket news from West Ham that away fans will have access to the Bobbers as well as the Oak Road. So could it be that we're just shoving them all in one corner? Um, be Not sure. I think that that's the general consensus. I think it'll be all ready and polished by, by West Ham, I think. Um, I don't know if or when there's going to be a, a trial game to get health and safety passed. I'm sure they have to, don't they? Well, um, uh, if you saw a video that was put up about Birmingham. Yeah, apparently yeah. Birmingham are coming for a game. That could be Well, a- I didn't know if the if the chap that was speaking, who was had a really interesting Northern accent, um, we actually got confused with Gillingham. Um, so I didn't know what, what how to take that, really. It could have been Gillingham, Birmingham or West Ham. Um, you know, it could have been any of them. So I wasn't really sure. But potentially there they is a trial game there with Birmingham. Um, take that with a pinch of salt because you just don't know, do you? But um, I'm sure there's got to be some sort of test event to make sure everything's in place and, and working. But we'll we'll see. Either way, I'm, I, 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 you know, like you, I'm optimistic that it will all be ready for West Ham. There won't be any more issues. We won't have any more cancelled games. And it's going to look marvellous. Mm-hmm. And also other news, the Spurs game has been moved for television coverage on TNT Sports, which is formerly BT Sports. I still refer to it as BT Sports. It's been brought forward to the early kickoff. Um, I, I'm actually unclear on this in terms of the benefits. I, I Personally, I like early kickoffs. It means I can start my drinking a bit earlier in the day. Um but from playing football manager, I know football manager is very realistic, but it's not the benchmark of realism. Does this mean we get an extra influx of cash for this game being televised? Yeah, I, I well, I say yes. I'm, I'm assuming it's similar to to Sky Sports um, that there's certain fees involved. I'm not sure. Um, it's not going to be. You know, megabucks. Whether it's included in the deal, actually, at the beginning of the season, these are this is the TV money. That's it. But you're scheduled in for this many games. I'm not sure. Um, they've got to replace the Leeds games somehow, haven't they? It was Leeds every single week last season. So, um, no. I mean, it'd be good to to get us on national TV for people to watch and stuff. But um, in regards to the early kickoff, I've never been a fan. And when you when you spoke to football players or looked at interviews from football players, they don't really like it either because their pre-match meal doesn't settle all well and it's obviously earlier in the day, they don't have much pre- preparation time. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, love, a- I love... Anything, anything can happen in the early kickoff, which yeah, yeah. is what I'm looking forward to because we could 
spring a proper surprise on Spurs there. Yeah, potentially, potentially. They've looked they've looked half half decent though um, in the first couple of games. Um, unlike Chelsea, our next opposition, um, they haven't particularly looked decent. Um, I'm not saying they're there for the taking. Obviously, it's going to be a hard game, and they're whoa, they're going to whoa, be whoa, whoa, Ian. We have a whole <laughs> section looking at Chelsea. Well, let, let's talk about some loan moves, shall we? Um, yeah, go, so, yeah. <laughs> ah, wow, you're just tearing up my running order here. Sorry. So, <laughs> so uh, Arabin Peppel has moved on loan to Bromley, uh, who are currently competing in the National League, um, which is probably about right c- considering his age. I think he's 20, 21, and Grimsby in League 2 might have been a step too far for him. If you remember correctly, he was sent back with with a not-so-glowing review from the Grimsby manager, yeah, and I um, I listened to his interview with Bromley when he went there, and I think uh, what you could digest from what he was saying was that he didn't really settle in Grimsby, and I think the move straight away to England um, and then being thrown into Grimsby straight away from Canada was obviously a bit much. Um, whether that's affected his game, whether that was the big issue or not maybe he's settled now and things will be different but he's gone to a good club actually in Bromley um they've they've invested quite well there in their facilities and stuff they're obviously playing for some good football at the moment because they've they've progressed quite well and been in competitions for numerous years now um so it might be a good opportunity for him to progress there um but that said um I don't know how much of a part he's going to play in, as a Luton Town player now um Remains to be seen, but see how he gets on at Bromley. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for him. He might do well, he might not, but let's see. Yeah, well, unfortunately, he might be another one that was signed with um, an eye on staying in the championship for a bit longer, and potentially he would develop to that level. He he could be one that we we develop and resell. Who knows? But another one that uh, has already been loaned out and is absolutely banging in the goals is Joe Taylor, who has four goals in four matches in all competitions. And uh, we actually said on the space uh, when he moved that League Two might have been too far down for him. And I think I said that he should be cutting his teeth at League One, potentially bottom half championship. Um, But Ian, I I think he should have been at League One because it looks like League Two is a bit of a joke for him. 100%. Um, I I said this when he went, um, he needed to be given a chance, but I think the whole Pompey thing and how he was handled there as a player, and he only had a few minutes here and there for, for, not Pompey, for Peterborough. Um, I think that maybe had some part to play in in that decision um, of where he went um, on who was looking at him. But yeah, what's that, four in three now? Is that right? Uh, it's Scott. four and four. He blanked in but, one. They lost two 0 to AFC oh, Wimbledon. It. Yeah, the only problem is that they keep le- leaking goals. I can't believe they threw it away, especially being um, MK. Um, what a nightmare! But yeah, he seems to be popping in the goals. But uh, also, aside to that, he's he just they they say he's just a running machine. He's just running at everybody like a Duracell bunny. Um, so he's obviously putting in some hard graft, wanting to make an impression working hard for his goals. So mm-hmm. that's why I love him so much. You know, I know we've only seen glimpses of him and I, I always speak kindly of him because I think, you know, you can, you can always see something in a player. I, th- I think he's one that will be, will have a bright future for Luton, I think. Oh, 100% because Mick Harford swore by him. Uh, he said he'd been tracking him for a long time and potentially we tried to go after him when he went to Peterborough. He's one that could really step up, and there's a lot of development left in him. He's he's 21. That there's a lot more to come from him. Uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he looked it as well in the in the player finally looked it. If you look at his goals and his movement um, off the ball um, for Col- Colchester when he he scored not last week, the week before, um, his movement to create the space to score the goal. You just don't get that at that level, and that's why he should be playing a level higher. Um, he just needs the opportunity to shine and, and play regularly. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad he's scoring the goals. Um, you know, high hopes for him, and, and 
you know, I'm really glad he's, he's scoring. So, yeah. Well, that was all the news this week from Kenilworth Road. Now it's time for Discord and Telegram questions. Hey guys, yeah, we've got a, a lot of questions in this week, more than usual, but I guess we'll uh, run through them nice and quickly. Some of them are pretty quick, so I'll start with uh, the first one, which is from Nick Styles on Telegram. He said, why do our fans feel the need to book seats at one of the back rows and then complain when people stand? Ollie, I know this is a bit of a contentious one, so I'm going to start off with you, mate. So not a lot of people know that I, I have um, some mobility issues and standing throughout games has become a bit of a problem for me uh, recently as uh, I've had a bit of wear and tear on my spine. And so much so I've had to stop going to away games. Um, my last one was Watford away last year. Like I know what, what a game to stop going to. Um, but, um, as Gabe Osho got sent off, I um, I went to leave. I think it was about the 83rd minute. I went to leave because I've been standing for virtually the entire game, minus half time, and that's an issue for me. So I was leaving, and I was in the fourth row. So I booked tickets near the front so I can sit down. But apparently there's some unwritten rule where everyone has to stand now throughout games, which is ridiculous. So I was leaving in the 83rd minute and then some Luton fans started giving it to me. He's like, oh yeah, go home for your, your Sunday roast, mate. Got to get home, you know, got to get the, the kettle on. But people don't know what's going on. And the, the club have gone to some extent to try and partition it into front, mid, back. You know, you stand at the back and you sit at the front. But from what I've gathered, that is not the case. And it sort of needs to change because people that need to sit should be in the front sections. People should book at the back and then stand and they shouldn't complain. But also people should book at the front and be able to tell people to sit down at the front without getting people telling you to you know shut the fuck up why are you telling me to sit down um because there's a lot of that and there's a lot of complaints about that on the discord people saying oh i was told to sit down but i i want to hear ian's thoughts on this because i i know you've had a bit of wear and tear on your body too can i can i really quickly just before we jump to in can i just add my own two cents of course you can i'm uh i'm of a, a similar ish disposition i don't actually have like a confirmed medical condition or anything like that uh but i definitely find kind of as i'm getting older the wear and tear of kind of standing for extended periods of time like i've seen the same thing when you know just if you go out for a, a day out to you know maybe a festival or you go to a gig or something like that i found over an extended period of time i'm going to get an ache in the lower part of my back it's you know, it's it's just, I feel like it's something either to do with maybe my health, maybe a medical condition, who knows? But I don't feel like I'm unhealthy, but I like having the option, if I am feeling pain or discomfort, to sit down if if that's what I want. I know that I'll have booked a seat, like, and I if I have to sit down, I will sit down. If people around me are standing up, like, I can stand up for that period of time, but I really like having the option to be able to sit down if it is of a personal discomfort level because as you say people don't necessarily know everybody's ins and outs of what's causing discomfort to a person not all disabilities are visible it's it's a very very contentious issue and i'm I'm not going to obviously cast aspersions i feel like the on the discord at least the loudest people opposed to people sitting down are the younger people who are more likely to have a healthier body they're less likely to have had any kind of wear and tear from age like i'm not going to cast disrespect to them for that but you know that's kind of an opposing view that potentially i have as someone who's getting a bit older uh ian over to you yeah it's a difficult one isn't it it's it is contentious because it affects a lot of people everyone wants to enjoy the game right but 
Kenilworth Road is so small and tight that we don't really have the options to be able to organise it in the way that we want it to. Um, obviously, that's all going to change when we go to Power Court. We've got safe standing, which is 33% of the the stadium's going to be safe standing, which is really good. For me, uh, yeah, again, me being... Um, you know, an older male and being overweight, uh, then back problems can be an issue from time to time. Um, however, um, most of my Luton Town support in life um, through the, you know, early 90s all the way through was going to stadiums where it was always standing. Um, and that's where I learned to love football. Um, and if I if I go to a stadium where there is standing, I'll always na- navigate towards that. Um, if there isn't, I think I, I'm always conscious of my environment. If there's kids or old people behind me, I'm not going to stand up for long, long periods of time because you know, don't be a cock kind of thing. Um, if there isn't and everyone's standing, of course, I might stand, yeah, but just don't be a dickhead, I guess. Uh, that that'll be my only advice. It's just you know, not every situation is the same answer. If you're in a stadium where there's old people and kids, then you know, succumb to that situation. Think of everybody else around you, I guess. Uh, next question is from Craig Clark from Telegram. He said, "Rob Edwards said we'd have a stronger squad in terms of a few new signings before the Chelsea game. Other than Cruel, are we likely to sign anyone before Friday?" or indeed before the close of the window, or are we done? Ian? I don't think before Friday, but I don't think we're done. Um, Something might spring up, but they probably won't play anyway. I think we are technically stronger because we've got Krull, so um, I think you can say, fair enough, he was right. Um, Hopefully we get another one in or two in before uh, before that. Yeah. You, Ollie? I can see another two before the end of the transfer window. No... No other players before Chelsea. Okay. Uh, next question is from Liz from Telegram. What do you reckon the minute ratio will be between Kaminsky and Krull through the season? Is Krull there just for depth or for competition? Ollie? I reckon he's there just for depth. Um, I imagine against Gillingham, Krull start there. It's it's just going to be a case of Kaminsky for the league, Krull for the Cups. Okay. And Ian? Agree. 95 5 in Kaminsky's favour, uh, uh, agree probably cups. I think he'll be there for depth, but he'll also, you know, push him uh, and push him hard. So he'll he'll be wanting to to, to play in number one cruel. So, um, but I think Kaminsky will, will will keep it. Okay, the next one is trio of questions from Sam on Discord. Uh, the first one's pretty quick fire. I'll fire it off to both of you first. Is Twanzebe or Tanganga, Ollie? Why not Twanzebe and Tanganga? Okay, Ian? Agree, both. Okay, fantastic. Uh, next question is, what do we think of the stadium upgrades? Ian? Yeah, superb. Really well thought out uh, and well actioned. Um, I think it's going to be ready for West Ham and that's kind of what we wanted. Yeah, fantastic job. Yeah, I, I would definitely say I get a, when I see the pictures, I definitely get a bit of a flutter in my stomach about, wow, this is Luton Town. Uh, I'm very excited to walk up uh, Hazelbury Crescent and see just kind of what they've done, the extent of the changes they've made. I definitely think, personally, as a Luton Town fan, I think they are going to by and far exceed the expectations of the upgrade they're going to make. Ollie, how about you? Yeah, I just can't wait to see it again in the flesh. I've seen the outside quite a few times in person, but in my lifetime, I haven't seen the bobbers stand with you know proper people actually sitting in there i'm not saying that the people that were in the executive boxes aren't proper people but i'm talking about having actual fans in there i'm excited because it was 84 85 when they were converted into boxes so it's our time to you know see what it's going to be like before the kenny is gone for good and the final question is, what are your thoughts on Jacob Brown? Ollie, we'll go back to you. I can actually see Jacob Brown pushing for uh, first team minutes, uh, especially from the 25-minute cameo uh, against Brighton. He looked really good. I think he's a, he's a tidy play. He fits really nicely into our style of playing. 
Okay. Ian? Yeah, can't really say much more than that. He, he impressed in his look cameo appearance against Brighton. Um, he's, you know, obviously comes highly regarded, very athletic. I think it gives us that little bit more impetus in the final minutes of the games. And I think he, he'll, he'll, he'll want to try and break into the first team starting places. So um, I think we're going to see a lot from him over the coming weeks. Okay, the next question is from the Tsar on Discord. And he said, do you have any concerns that the Chillingham and or West Ham game may not go ahead? Ollie? No, I don't have any concerns that Gillingham won't go ahead. The The only thing that might happen at Gillingham is they might keep the bobbers closed for spectators so they can continue working on it. But it's 100% going ahead. Okay. And Ian? Yeah, I agree. No concerns. I, 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 again, uh, I think the, the bobbers will be closed for that game. But um, other than that, yeah, no concerns. Okay, next question was from Jaylock on Discord. And they said, of all the players we've been linked to but not signed, what do you think is the most outrageous rumour? Ian? Uh, probably the lad from uh, Inter Miami who's uh, been playing some uh, good cameos with uh, Lionel Messi. Um, I think that was uh, quite extravagant. Um, probably him. Yeah, I, de- I definitely enjoyed the rumour that Lionel Messi was blocking a transfer to Luton. Uh, Ollie, Oh, that was sublime, wasn't it? Lionel Messi was was uh, the reason why Joseph Martinez was not moving to Luton Town. I guess that that is the most absurd uh, rumour, hands down. And 10 million for him as well, for a 29-year-old striker who had, an, who had two ACL problems. No chance we were taking a punt on that um so yeah i'm just gonna say andy johnson okay (laughs) next question was from jay rignall on discord who is an attainable transfer target that you would want luton to sign who has yet to be linked at all ollie attainable i would say ronnie edwards i'm a big fan of ronnie edwards um the only reason he's not attainable is because of the massive price tag that that's been slapped onto him by um by Darren McAntony. But he's entirely attainable because we are a Premier League club now. Okay. Ian, over to you. Uh Devante Cole Barnsley. Scott another couple since we last spoke about him. Um he will end up at Luton one day. Um when that day is, I don't know, but he will end up at Luton. Uh, I obviously I think he's a little bit off um first team requirements for us at the minute but um, if it was to be anyone it'd be him I think he's someone that we could grow into uh, another decent striker and the last question was from Pure Luton on Discord do we think we need one or two defenders to come in? Personally they were worried a lot by the defence of Brighton and felt we got saved by Kaminsky slash poor finishing Ian? Yeah again I think we need two Um, I think we need another uh, centre back, another right centre back who can potentially cover it in um, right wing back as well. Um, gives a little bit more scope there. Um, we definitely need two, I think. And I think he said two, maybe three more, maybe three more. Um, and I think two of them are going to be in that area of the pitch. And you, Wally? Yeah, I think we just need two for depth because we're embarking on a Premier League season. We don't want to be caught short or anything like that. Great questions as always. Thank you, Matt. Uh, We'll see you again later. If you want to get your questions in, just head over to the Walt Telegram or Discord server. Now let's talk about our monthly giveaways from our sponsors. Beard Surgeon Beard Oil comes in a set with a wide selection of scented oils and moisturizers that you can use together. Unlike other beard oil companies, Beard Surgeon use cannabis sativa seed oil as a key ingredient, which supports the skin barrier by strengthening your hair follicles, keeping inflammation at bay and minimizing breakouts on your skin. It also makes your beard feel and smell excellent. We have a beard oil set to give away this month. Make sure you're following all our socials. You can also get 15% off on your purchase of Beard Surgeon Oils through their website using the code WALT15. We have also teamed up with Blackstar Amplification. And as our audio partner, we are giving away a Bluetooth Fly 3 amp every month of the season. These Fly 3 sound great. They are lightweight and connect to anything from phones to guitars. 
So even if you're not a musician, you have a boombox wherever you go. Keep an eye on our socials as we have lots of giveaways going through the month. We are currently running our monthly kit giveaway across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Telegram. But Ian, why is this podcast different from all other podcasts? I don't know. Why is it? Because there's a joke in here. Okay, I'm going to just jump straight into this one. Uh, The doctor tells the 90-year-old man that he needs a semen sample. Bring back the specimen tomorrow. Next day, the old man comes back with a jar in hand. It's as clean as empty as it was the previous day. Did you have a little trouble? asked the doctor. A pause. Then he says, when I got home, I tried, you know. First with the right hand, next with the left hand, nothing. Then I asked my wife for some help. She tried too. With her left hand, with the right hand, with her mouth. She even put it under her armpit. Nothing. Now we've got us a friend who lives down the street. She helps us out with things now and again. Now we're getting older. She tried with her left, with her right. Hold on, the doctor said. You asked your neighbour for help? Yeah. None of us could get the jar open. (laughs) Fair enough. Didn't see that one coming. Didn't see that one coming. (laughs) Thanks, Matt. Um, Well, I guess we can look ahead to our next fixture against Chelsea. So we took a look at this last week, but it was two weeks out. Now it's a couple of days away. Things are different now. Chelsea are looking for their first win of the season. And since our last pod, they've added Moises Caicedo for $115 million and Romeo Lavia for $58 million. Insane fees. But it's actually just pocket change, isn't it? What are both of your thoughts before we travel to Stamford Bridge? Optimistic of getting something from the game? Uh, genuinely. I know it's outlandish thing to say, um, given the fees that you've just mentioned. Um, but I actually think we can go there and, and get something. Either way, it's gonna be a fantastic game. Yeah, I'm of a I'm of a similar opinion. I think this is a interesting time to be taking Chelsea on. They've taken on a lot of new players. I watched the uh West Ham game the other night. There was a lot of stuff. In the first half they were pretty good. In the second half they kind of seemed like a very disjointed team. Um I'd probably say it's vaguely similar in a way to kind of what we're experiencing with all of our new players like Anderson, Kaminsky, Chong and Bore. But I feel like, if anything, now is the time that we can try our luck and maybe get a point out of this game. I'm also quite optimistic. I think we can get a point out of the game quite simply, but we will never do score predictions on this pod because we are very superstitious. But let's wrap up this pod with a game of Hatter or Lower. This week, we have a fresh challenger for Hatter or Lower. Uh, It's Adam Driscoll. How are you getting on today, Adam? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad at all. Not bad at all. So just a couple of questions before we crack on and dive into Hatter or Lower. Um, so how long have you followed Luton Town for? Uh, crikey, quite a while now. Uh, my first game was, I think, towards the end of the 97-98 season. Uh, so I was about six. And then I think my first season ticket was the following season. So yeah, 98-99. Um, and a quick calculation I did before this was around... I think that's now 26 seasons, including this Premier League campaign. So, yeah, seen all the divisions, whole host of players and uh, quite the ups and downs like yourself. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a sign of true support for the, the Hatters that started following in the sort of in the 90s in general, because that was just it was just one long slide down at that point. So but, you know, we're here for life now. Um, so who's your favourite ever Hatter? Oh, that's a good question. I'd probably say Steve Howard, just because, again, he's one that scored goals at multiple levels, um, you know, League Two, League One, champ, and, uh, you know, helped us in the sense of, although he was sold way under market value during troubled times, he did um, he did give us some money that, you know, you could argue kept us afloat along with a few other players. But I'd say Steve-O for his goals and his, his influence over those years. That's a great choice. 
really good choice. Um, and who's your favourite hatter from the current squad? From the current squad, um, I'd probably say Jordan Clark. You know, I think it's probably quite easy to go to Morris or Lockyer for the, obviously for their influence. But for me, Clark's still one of those that's quite underrated. Um, and he was even at championship level. I think he gives us something different in midfield. I think he'll step up really well to the Premier League as well when he's back fit. So, uh, yeah, I'll go Jordan Clark. Yeah, he's an all-round good guy as well. Just seems like a proper character. And lastly, before we dive into Hatteroloa, are you feeling confident against uh, our match against Chelsea? I am. I am. Um, it's difficult. You know, we are obviously underdogs for a lot of games this season. So I guess there are levels to the amount of um, uh, positivity you can have and, and hope. But I I think we will cut out some of the mistakes we made against Brighton. Um, had a couple of weeks to maybe learn and, and grow. Uh, on the training pitch so I, I'm confident I think I think we could just get something um, so I'm keeping everything crossed for it that's good well let's crack on with Hatter or Lower so Hatter or Lower is powered by Hatter's Heritage a website that does the important job of preserving the history of our club they always need volunteers you can check them out by googling Hatter's Heritage and get in touch and that's exactly what I've done to get the name and appearance totals for 20 hatters. Then I ask who played more, player A or player B. The contender then has to choose who made more appearances for the hatters and try and get as high up on our leaderboard as possible, which you can check out on our website. But now it's time to play hatter or lower. Adam, are you feeling confident? Um, I'd say the overriding feeling is nerves, not to let down my uh, father, who will probably listen back. So... Yes, confident, but, you know, a little bit nervous. Okay, well, your dad's going to have to um, have a go as well. But as always, no cheating and everyone else listening, have a go. Let us know how you got on today. So, Adam, let's kick this off. It's a bit of a tricky one. Who played more, Chris Allen or Rory Allen? I genuinely can't remember anyone called Chris Allen, so um, I'd go Rory Allen. Incorrect. They were both low knees uh, in the same season, funnily enough. Um, Chris Allen played 17 times, scored just once. He was a striker. And Rory Allen played eight times, scoring six goals, famously. Next up, who played more, Liam George or Stuart Douglas? Um, Liam George. Incorrect. Liam George played 124 times. Stuart Douglas, 172. It's tough, isn't it? This is getting, this is getting well, yeah. With a... <laughs> There's only two down. There's, there's still another eight for you to, you know, register strongly on, on the leaderboard. Who played more? Friedrich Brittenfelder, commonly known as Ratzfetz, or Zane Banton? Zane Banton. Correct. Ratzfetz played go. five times for Luton Town. Zane Banton, 14 times. You're on, you're off, you're on the leaderboard now. You're, you're off the bottom of the leaderboard, but you're there. Yeah, yeah, you're up and running. Who played more, Richard Dryden or Chris Perry? Ooh, Richard Dryden. Incorrect. Richard Dryden played 26 times for Luton Town. Chris Perry, 44. Who played more? Chris Coyne or Ahmet Berkovic? Um, Chris Coyne. Correct. Chris Coyne played 252 times for Luton Town. Ahmet Berkovic, 223. Next up, who played more, Carlos Edwards or Warren Feeney? Oh, God, some of these are going to be tight, aren't they? Um, I will go for... Carlos. Incorrect. Carlos Edwards played 74 times for Luton Town. Warren Feeney, 83. It surprised me too, because Warren Feeney was absolutely terrible for Luton. I think you try and forget Feeney, so that's why I kind of went with Edwards, but um, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, well, when I think about Warren Feeney, all I think about is his goal against QPR, where the ball rebounded off his face and went in. (laughs) Who played more? David Bayliss or Scott Cuthbert? 
I'll go Cuthbert. Correct. David Bayliss played 40 times for Luton Town. Scott Cuthbert, 111. Not too tight there. Who played more? Luke Gambin or Dave Edwards? Um, I would go... I'll go for Dave Edwards. Incorrect. Luke Gambin played 38 times for Luton Town. Dave Edwards, 26. Who played more? Darren Curry or Yaroslav Fogut? Oh, God, I remember them in the same season. Um, Fogut. Incorrect. Darren Curry played 38 <laughs> times for Luton Town and Yaroslav Fogut, 23. Ian's, Ian's going to love this because he's um, still going to be safely at the top of the leaderboard, I think. Yeah, well, you need one more to equal Matt. Um, right. So we go on to our final question. You're currently at the bottom of the leaderboard as it stands, but it can all change right now. Who played more? Andrew Fotiardis or Kevin Foley? Oh, that's got to be Kevin Foley. Correct. Oh. Andrew Fotiardis played 146 <laughs> times for Luton Town. Kevin Foley played 166 times. See, Thank you very much, Adam. That was that was solid. A solid a solid four. Well done yeah, with that. I'm happy with that. I'll take that. I'd have taken that to start with probably. So uh, I think I recovered a little bit towards the end, which is good. Yeah, it was a it was a strong second half, just like uh, last season, where you know we were in tenth place, and then a strong second half carried us into the playoffs and inevitable promotion. That's us done for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. As always, apologies for any background noise on my end. It's just uh, everyone here in the Sports Bra map clearing away all my empty beer cans. You can listen back to our post-match phone-ins across all podcast providers and our YouTube. Please check out our socials. We are Lucian Town on Facebook. We are Lucian Town on Twitter. The Walk Pod on Twitter. We're also on TikTok, Instagram, Telegram and Discord and Reddit. You can find all of these on our website, wearelucientown.co.uk. Follow across all our socials to be involved in monthly giveaways. Thank you all for tuning in. Sports Social Podcast Network.